With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. SmackDown tonight was the Dominic Mysterio show. If you're a fan of ex-con Dom, tonight was the show for you. Because this guy was all over the television show. We were supposed to have a face-to-face segment with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Supposedly, they're going to be in the main event of WrestleMania Night 1. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. She's challenging for the championship. Makes sense that they would consider it for the main event. But I will tell you that when this show was over tonight, this did not feel like a WrestleMania main event. I have five more weeks to change my mind on that. But Dominic was everywhere, man. He was there with Rhea. He came out. It was basically a face-to-face with Charlotte Flair and Dominic with a little bit of Rhea Ripley at the very end of the segment. Later on in the show, Dom came back out. He cost his father the match against Karrion Cross, which wasn't much of a match. It was really to set up the angle that came after the match. He's still bullying his father. He's pushing him around. He's daring him to hit him. And Ray can't bring himself to do it. He just can't do it. He cannot bring himself to do it. You know, if this was my father, he would have smacked the shit out of me months ago. Ray has turned into a big softie. Ray needs to lay down the law. See, this is what happens when you don't teach your kids how to behave. They get out of line. You don't teach them right from wrong, and this is what we end up with here. But Dominic was all over the show tonight. Thankfully, I'm a Dominic Mysterio fan. Dominic, to me, he's like a guilty pleasure on these shows. And he has improved a lot from where he was even six months ago. So for the most part, I enjoy seeing Dominic, although we'll talk about the women's segment, the face-to-face, what was supposed to be a face-to-face. That was very disappointing. One person who is not on the show tonight is the biggest star in the entire company, not just on this brand, but on any brand, on all brands. Roman Reigns has appeared on exactly... One SmackDown episode in the last four weeks. It was the episode that came immediately after the Royal Rumble. The week before the Royal Rumble, he wasn't on SmackDown then either. He was off in New York uh, doing Jimmy Fallon's show. But every other episode this month, he has been missing from the show. But he will be back next week. It was announced that Roman Reigns will be appearing on SmackDown next Friday night. And he is going to bring the heat because at the end of the show tonight, we had another excellent bloodline angle. This continues to carry the show each and every Friday night. Tonight, it was about Sami Zayn and Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso was calling out his brother. He has not been able to reach Jay all week long. Aside from that one photo somebody leaked on social media of both Usos traveling together to the show in the airport. We'll pretend that didn't happen. But he hasn't spoken to his brother all week. And so Jimmy was in the ring to talk to Jay. And he got Sami Zayn instead. The hooded figure once again coming out of the crowd. And Jay Uso did show up. He showed up in the crowd. He was like Sting, only without the face paint. He didn't speak. He just stared. And by the time the segment was over, we still don't know what side of the aisle Jay Uso stands on. 
We still don't know where his loyalty lies. But there was a little stare, a little a little exchange of a stare there at the very end between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso uh, that made you wonder exactly what's going on between the two of them. So I like the way the show went off the air. As is usually the case with these Bloodline segments, I thought that was the strong point of the show. We also got our first tease tonight of a WrestleMania direction for Gunther and the Intercontinental title, which we will talk about. And I don't know what the hell was going on in that Firefly Funhouse segment with Bray Wyatt. So if you are tuning into the stream tonight to find out what exactly was that segment all about, what's the hidden meaning behind this, and what's the hidden meaning behind that, I got nothing. I don't know what the hell that was. But I know what this is. This is your Friday Night Smackdown review for Friday Night, February 24th, 2023. I am the Solemn Monster. Thank you so much for... Hanging out with me here on a Friday night. The show opened tonight with a recap of what went down at the Elimination Chamber and the Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens segment from Raw this past Monday night when Sami called out KO, tried to make peace and say, look, you couldn't take down the bloodline, I couldn't take down the bloodline, but together, together, you and I both could take down the bloodline. And Kevin Owens wanted to have nothing to do with him. It's going to take a little bit more a little more time for Kevin Owens to come around. So as they, what I love they're, they're doing here is they're, they're taking their time with these stories and it is smart because they still have five weeks left of television before WrestleMania. They have these concurrent stories going on at the same time, both involving Sami Zayn. So everybody who thought, oh, what a mistake it was not to put the title on Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. You can look at it a different way and say that Sami is a more interesting character now than he would be if he just beat Roman, and now he's the champion. Because I kind of look at the Sami Zayn thing as, and and some people are just never going to see it this way. They're just never, they they have a very, you know, tunnel vision type view of things. And it's like, they were in Montreal, and Sami was over, and so therefore he should have won. And any other outcome is the wrong outcome. Sami wins the titles, I kind of look at it like the dog who catches the car. Then what? Right? You're going into your biggest pay-per-view of the year. Sami Zayn against Cody Rhodes is not as compelling as Roman Reigns in the main event against whoever. But Sami Zayn now has these two concurrent stories going on on Raw and SmackDown. Sami was on both shows this week. Sami's all over the place. And on Monday, we saw him trying to convince Kevin Owens to come around and to partner back up with him so they can take down the bloodline. And it didn't work. That's going to be a story that plays out over the next several weeks. On SmackDown, Sammy is still trying to get through to the Usos. He's talking to Jay. Now he's talking to Jimmy. He's trying to you know, form a, a, a split or forge a split in the bloodline. And so that's almost like not an entirely different story, but that's a different story on SmackDown than what's going on on Raw. So I actually think Sami Zayn is still in a great position right now because he's got more going on than most. He certainly has more going on than fucking LA Knight does. Yeah, we'll talk about him too. So that's how they opened the show with some uh, highlights. Backstage Live, Kayla Braxton caught Jimmy Uso as he was coming into the building. He was arriving by himself, and she asked him if he has spoken to his brother Jay since the Elimination Chamber. Jay said, or Jimmy rather, said that he has not been able to connect with Jay. He's been trying to get him on the phone. He left him a voicemail, and he told him he could meet him in the middle of the ring tonight. And he told Jay, whatever it is that you need to get off your chest, you can tell me. In the ring. So then it was time for the opening match. 
Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Madcap Moss against all three members of Imperium, including the Intercontinental Champion Gunther. In the middle of this match, the crowd looked like they were distracted. I, I, first, I didn't know if it was a fight or what was going on because the announcers weren't acknowledging it. But then they cut to the aisle and we saw Drew McIntyre walk out. In the middle of this match, all by himself in his street clothes, he walked out to get a closer look. Presumably a Gunther, but he walked out to get a closer look at what was going on in the ring. The announcers had no idea why he was here. Strowman roughed up Vinci and Kaiser uh, before having a stare down with Gunther. Gunther and Strowman, they traded a pair of chops. Braun basically no-sold a Gunther chop, which uh, not very many people do. Madcap tagged himself in. And Gunther got off a released German suplex, clothesline, and a powerbomb uh, on Moss before pinning him. So it was a solid opener. I mean, nothing, nothing special. Uh, the match was fine. After the match, Gunther held up the Intercontinental title while he was in the ring, and he stared at McIntyre was still in the aisle way. McIntyre stared back at him, and he started to remove his jacket when all of a sudden he got jumped from behind by the Viking Raiders. Sheamus ran out to save his friend. He also got taken down. And then with all of this going on outside the ring, Braun Strowman saw what was going on, and Braun Strowman felt like, you know what? I have to get involved here. There's, I have to do something here to save these men. And so Braun Strowman exited the ring, and we got the Strowman Express. Braun Strowman exits the ring, and he comes barreling over. He knocks down Ivar. Ricochet then hit a big dive out to the floor. He took out both Vikings. McIntyre and Sheamus, they got up. They looked at each other, and they gave stereo kicks. McIntyre gave a claymore to one. I think it was Eric. Sheamus gave a bro kick to the other. And both Vikings got knocked over the barricade into the crowd. And the babyface is celebrated in the ring with the clown after the match was over. So now the path to WrestleMania begins to form here for Gunther and for Drew McIntyre. And it's only a matter of time until Sheamus is added to this equation. Now, I thought maybe they would do Drew McIntyre and Gunther at Elimination Chamber, have Gunther win. And then in these five or six weeks between the Chamber and WrestleMania, you would set up a triple threat match. They could do a television match between Gunther and Drew McIntyre, but what I'm thinking is I'm, I'm still thinking triple threat. If it's me, I'm booking a triple threat at WrestleMania. One match on one of the two nights for the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther defending against both, I think that would be an incredible match. Uh, and you know how I feel about how that match should go and what the outcome should be. There is another way they could go with this, though. If they want to have individual matches, they can. They have two nights of WrestleMania. And I will not object to having two Gunther matches at WrestleMania. The only thing better than one is two. So if they want him to wrestle, let's say, on night one against Drew McIntyre, and they go out there and they have a banger, and Gunther wins by the skin of his teeth, he retains the title, and on night two, he defends against Sheamus. And that's where you could do the title change. So you could do that too. You can get two matches out of it if you want to. Uh, But if it's me, I still go with the uh, triple threat. We'll see how they form. they got five weeks now uh, as far as how they get there. Uh, but clearly that's the direction that they are uh, going in. Now, Madcap Moss, I want to mention him for a second here. He did not have Emma with him when he came out. Uh, He's had Emma with him on television, but she was not out there tonight. 
He took the loss for his team. He tagged himself into the match, very selfish, and then he lost. And after the Viking Raiders came out and did their thing and they got beaten up and all the baby faces were in the ring celebrating, I don't believe Moss was in there. He was not, I don't, I didn't remember seeing him among the baby faces celebrating in the ring. Uh, and so that's after he and Emma, after his loss to Gunther last week, there was a video, I think it was on the WWE YouTube channel, where they were blaming the fans for the loss. So it seems pretty clear that those two are, uh, you know, likely being uh, turned heel, which honestly is probably the way to go. So uh, just a little FYI there, because I did not see Moss celebrating with the baby faces when this was over. Rey Mysterio, let's get rid of the clown. There you go. Take it up. Look at it. Taking up half my screen here. Covering up Sammy Uso. Can't be doing that. Rey Mysterio was in the back. He was about to be interviewed when he was interrupted. He was about to talk about his match with Karrion Cross. He was interrupted by Santos Escobar of Legado del Fantasma. And Santos said that he and Legado value one thing above all else, and that is respect. And he had the honor of receiving a mask from the legendary Rey Mysterio, and he wants to show the WWE Universe how much he respects Rey. Rey said the feeling was mutual. All of a sudden, up walks Dominic and Rhea Ripley. And Dominic asked Santos how long he's going to keep kissing up to the legendary Rey Mysterio, even after Cross puts him to sleep tonight. And Santos told him that if he needs to learn some respect for his father, he'll be happy to teach him. Dominic told him, you know, in prison, those who didn't back up what they said got dealt with. Oof. And, you know, I will say I, I love these little prison anecdotes that we get from uh, Dominic every week. I just feel like I'm learning something new every week. And this is going to be very important to me uh, if I ever end up behind bars in the big house. You know, I'm learning every week when I listen to the wise words of, ex-con Dom. So I feel like, you know, when I when I end up in the pokey, I'm going to be in a lot better position here to protect myself and to deal with these types of problems, listening to what Dominic went through when he ended up behind bars in that maximum security facility. So wise words here from uh, Dominic Mysterio. Santos turned to Ray, started to laugh. Then he turned back around and he was greeted by Rhea Ripley. And Escobar told Ray, after they walked off, Escobar told Ray not to let that bother him. And Ray said, how can I not? How can it not bother me? He's my son. He's, uh, he's El Hijo. Or not he, El Hijo. He's my uh, La Nino. He's La Nino. How, how could this not bother me? So I was thinking, you know, we didn't see Escobar for the rest of the show. He didn't come out later on to help Ray or anything like that. But perhaps they're setting something up here post-WrestleMania, especially if if Rhea Ripley wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's going to be on SmackDown. And I would hate for that to mean the end of the Judgment Day. Uh, although at some point, this this Ray and, you know, this uh, Rhea and Dominic stuff, it's not going to last forever. They're going to have to split them up at some point. But maybe coming out of WrestleMania, if the Judgment Day ends up migrating over to SmackDown, let's say if Rhea wins the title, they could be setting up a program with the Judgment Day and Legato del Fantasma. Or they could have Rey tagging with Legato to take on the members of the Judgment Day. They got a pay-per-view coming up. It's not official yet, but there was a report this week that we're going to get backlash on May 6th 
Thankfully, it's just backlash, not this WrestleMania backlash bullshit. Maybe at a backlash pay-per-view. You know, in May, I could see some big, you know, six-man tag or, or eight-person tag or something like that. So that, that could be fun. After a commercial, we cut back to the Bloodline locker room. Jimmy Uso was sitting down, as was Solo Sokoa. And Paul Heyman was in the background. And Jimmy told Solo, when I defended the tag team titles a few weeks ago, he knew that his brother would be there for him, but since Montreal, he just doesn't know. Just not sure. Heyman said that if that's the case, why doesn't Solo stay in the back tonight with him and Jimmy? Uh, Handles Ray face-to-face, man-to-man by himself. Face-to-face, man-to-man, twin-to-twin, oos-to-oos. And Jimmy agreed. We got L.A. Knight out to the ring for a promo. L.A. Knight has not done basically anything since the Mountain Dew pitch black bullshit that we had at the Royal Rumble. And I was hopeful that when that was over, L.A. Knight can move on to something better. He's moved on to nothing. So he was out tonight. Let me talk to you says, tis the season. Everybody is talking about their WrestleMania moments. He didn't come here for a WrestleMania moment. He came here to make money and win titles and to be recognized as the best. And how do you do that? You do that by going to WrestleMania. But here's the twist. He says, he's not the one who's going to be having a WrestleMania moment. You can't have an LA WrestleMania without LA Knight. He says, now what that means is that he's going to give WrestleMania an LA Knight moment. And the crowd was doing his yeah catchphrase every time he did. I just hope this doesn't turn into the new what chant. That's my only hope. But again, they're into his shtick. So when he does the let me talk to you, they pop. When he says yeah, they say yeah back. He was interrupted by the New Day. Kofi Kingston made fun of him. Said he doesn't think Knight realizes how this all works. You've been on the roster, what, two and a half months? So who are you to be demanding anything? And L.A. Knight says uh, he doesn't recall inviting the Nerd Day down to the ringside area. He didn't invite the Nerd Day. That's what L.A. Knight said. Says if you guys weren't so busy playing your video games, you'd recognize that he's the man. And Xavier Woods said that being nerds has made them a hell of a lot of money. He said WrestleMania moments aren't handed out, they're earned. Case in point, Kofi Kingston. He said this man fought for 11 years to get his moment, and when he did, he made it the best WrestleMania moment of all time. It was a great WrestleMania moment. It was not the best WrestleMania moment of all time. But uh, obviously they're a little biased when it comes to that moment. I can understand that, but no, it was not the greatest WrestleMania moment. L.A. Knight said that he doesn't care what they did. He's a creator of circumstance. He's not a creature of circumstance. He says, by the way, Kofi, how'd that little Kofi Mania thing work out for you anyway? And Kofi and Xavier got into the ring, and Kofi said that he won the title on the grandest stage, so it worked out pretty well. And he wasn't going to wait around for a chance to shut his ass up here in Evansville, and Xavier Woods told Adam Pearce in the back, get a referee out here. So a referee ran down, and they cut to a break. And when we came back, the match was already joined in progress. They gave these these two guys a long time. 
they gave this match a lot longer than I would have expected. Uh, about 16 minutes. Now, about four of those minutes were during the commercial break. So in terms of television time, it was probably like 11 or 12. But uh, they gave them over 15 minutes here, which, again, I was not expecting. Knight got Kingston down at ringside, and Xavier went over to go check on Kofi. L.A. Knight came over, and he dared Woods to do something. He dared him. He was daring him. Go ahead, hit me. Get your boy disqualified. Go ahead, hit me. So he put Kofi back in the ring. And Xavier kept playing his stupid trombone outside. Knight went to the floor. He couldn't take it anymore. He went to the floor and he hit Xavier from behind. Good. Good. That turned him babyface for me here. Kingston took out L.A. Knight on the floor with a dive, threw him back inside. Knight charged Kingston. Kingston moved out of the way. And L.A. Knight, uh, he did an impressive leap. Up to the top rope, kept his balance. Xavier, though, played his trombone in his face. That distracted L.A. Knight long enough for Kingston to crotch him. And Kofi finished him off with the trouble in paradise. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. L.A. Knight needed this win a lot more than Kofi Kingston did. The members of, of New Day, really all three of them, they're bulletproof. And Kofi's been around for so long, I mean, he just had a stint in NXT. He was the NXT Tag Team Champion. So, you know, New Day is in a position now where I think they can be very useful to help elevate new talent and get over new talent and, and work with new talent. And L.A. Knight would be considered a new talent, even though he's been on the roster for, for several months now. He hasn't done much. Uh, he needed this win a hell of a lot more than Kofi Kingston did. So I did not like that finish. Now let's see what happens here. This was the first interaction between L.A. Knight and the New Day. If it was one and done, this was very fucking stupid. If this is the start of a program, then it could be leading to something for WrestleMania. And it got me thinking that if this is the start of an actual program, not just a one-week thing, it would stand to reason that we would get either a rematch with him and, and Kofi, we'll get a match maybe with him and Xavier on television. Could it possibly be building? And I just throw this out there as an idea. Could it potentially be building to a WrestleMania match with Big E coming back? to wrestle LA Knight. We are approaching the one-year anniversary of Big E's broken neck. It was on SmackDown in March of last year that he got dropped on his head. And he has said in interviews that the doctors aren't even going to look again at the bone in his neck to see how it's healing and if it's fusing and healing properly until the one-year mark. So I don't know exactly what day next month that's going to be. It's going to be in the next probably two weeks or so. 
And so he'll have a better sense at that point of whether or not he can come back and wrestle. Now, I still think it's 50-50 at best whether or not Biggie is ever going to wrestle again. He may not be cleared. His career could very well be over. But if they know more than we do, and either the doctors have already evaluated him or his evaluation is coming up and they're feeling pretty good about it, I'm just saying it's always possible. What a surprise that would be. What a, what a pleasant surprise that would be if Big E can make it back in time for WrestleMania and have a match with LA Knight. So that could be maybe where this is leading to. It's, it's possible. Um, but otherwise, I have no idea. If, if not that, I have no idea what they do with LA Knight, if he's even on the show. It would be a crime for him not to even be on the show. They have two nights. That's seven or eight matches a night. You're going to have 15 or 16 WrestleMania matches this year. You better fucking find a place for someone like LA Knight on that show. Most likely, he'll end up as the host. LA is the host in LA, at least for one of the nights. I'm, I'm starting to think maybe Miz is going to host the other night. Just you know, the whole angle they did on Monday with Maurice handing him the golden envelope, and he was making a big deal about it. He's going to announce on Miz TV this week, coming up on Monday, what the envelope was all about. Wouldn't shock me if we find out that Miz is going to host WrestleMania. You know, at least one of the nights. Uh, not LA night. So maybe that's what uh, this is all about. But, I, you know, if if Omos ends up with a WrestleMania match and LA night doesn't, that's fucking ridiculous. So they promoted a face-off. This was actually the number one thing. Uh, that they were promoting for the show tonight was a face-off with the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and the number one contender at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley. The two women going one-on-one in what will likely be the main event of WrestleMania on night one. So Charlotte Flair comes out to the ring first. She calls out Rhea Ripley, and there was no Rhea. And Charlotte acting like a total heel. And I got a great quote that I'm going to share with you on Sunday from Charlotte. Because Charlotte is no, is no stupid person. Charlotte agrees with what I've been saying. Charlotte understands that she is miscast as a babyface. And I will have the quote to prove it on the podcast on Sunday. But uh, she was talking about how maybe Rhea's having second thoughts about choosing me as her opponent for WrestleMania. Dominic walked out, but no Rhea. And Dominic gets into the ring. He said he wasn't going to let Flair run down his mommy. He said Charlotte is a beautiful woman. But Rhea is strong. She's a strong woman. So strong, in fact, that when she hugs him, she nearly breaks his back. He was about to talk about what happens when the two of them make sweet nothings. And Charlotte cut him off and said that she already has her own Latino man at home who calls her mommy. And he has a much thicker accent. Well, I will say this. Her Latino man is definitely home all the time because I can't remember the last time I saw him on television. So, yeah, I'm sure he's getting plenty of time at home. (laughs) What was the last time we saw Andrade on AEW television? I have no idea. So Dominic said that he and Charlotte... You know, we've got something in common here. We know what it's like to be compared to our fathers and being better than our fathers. Dominic called Ray an afterthought of a father who messed him up. He said when Ripley beat Charlotte at WrestleMania, she'll know that her own father was right in saying that she just wasn't good enough. 
Flair said that she loves her dad, noted that Ric Flair turns 74 years old tomorrow, so she wished her dad a happy early birthday. Charlotte said that if Rick was there, he would kick Dom's butt. But, since he's not here, she said that before dropping the mic and removing her title, and she approached Dominic, who backed off. So then Rhea Ripley's music played. and Dominic smiled, and she walked out. He held the ropes open for her. What a gentleman. See, he learned such great manners that he learned when he was behind bars. So Rhea's in the ring now, and she's going face-to-face, face-to-neck, because Charlotte is taller than her. She's looking up at Charlotte. So they were talking shit. We couldn't hear what they were saying. Dominic pulled Ripley back, and they went to leave, and I'm thinking, that can't possibly be it. (laughs) This was a long segment, and this is what you give us after promoting this for the entire week. So they went to go leave. Flair held up her title belt. Rhea then got back into the ring, went back up in Charlotte's face, and started talking more smack to her. Uh, But then Rhea and Dominic left again, and that was the entire segment. So we never got a real Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley face-off. We got a Charlotte Flair-Dominic Mysterio face-off. That's what this segment was. We got cheated out of a face-off, a proper face-off between these two women. And I will tell you, this did not do a whole hell of a lot to get me excited for their match at WrestleMania. Uh, It definitely did not come across like a WrestleMania main event. If this is supposed to be the main event on night one of WrestleMania, uh, they're going to have to do a lot more than what we saw tonight. And they have five weeks. This was only the first week coming out of Elimination Chamber. They have five more weeks of television. Who knows if Charlotte might show up on Raw. We're going to get Rhea back on SmackDown next week. She's wrestling Liv Morgan. Let's see what they do next week. They're going to have to do a hell of a lot more than what they gave us on this show. I'll tell you that much. I will also say this, uh, Dominic has gotten a lot more comfortable on the microphone, uh, especially being out there by himself. He didn't have any help. He didn't have anybody out there with him. There was no Damian Priest. There was no Finn Balor. Rhea didn't come out until later on. This is really the first promo like this in the ring that I could think of where he was out there all by himself with no net live on TV, and I thought he did a very good job. You know, again, he's a heat magnet. Uh, He didn't stumble. He didn't lose his uh, train of thought or anything like that. He's got that fucking, just that smirk on his face. You want to just smack the taste right out of his mouth. So I think, uh, and I've said this before, the improvement in him, even from just a few months ago, uh, is noticeable. So for him, it was a good night. This, This entire show felt like a test because he had so many segments on this show including this one where he went out there all alone. If this was some sort of test for him, I think he passed. I thought he did very well. Now, we had Natalia with Tegan Knox in her corner against Shayna Baszler, who came out with Ronda Rousey to Rousey's music. Uh, before the match, they showed footage of Adam Pearce in the back earlier with Natty trying to tell her that even though she's cleared, whether she faced the Shayna was going to be up to her. And Natty said she wanted to wrestle. She wanted to go through with the match. Tegan showed up and told Natty that she would have her back. Baszler was targeting Natty's left arm. Cole, on commentary, noted that Shayna previously broke Natty's nose, which she did, or that was the story anyway. Baszler tried to do it again with a running knee. Natalia stuffed it and went on offense. Natty put Baszler down with a German, followed up with a discus clothesline for two. Natty went for the sharpshooter. And Shayna avoided it, rolled out to the floor. Natty went to the floor to go get her, put her back in the ring, and 
She noticed Ronda Rousey, and she started jawing with Ronda, and that provided just enough of a distraction so that when Natty climbed back up onto the apron, here comes Shayna Baszler with a running knee strike and just blasted her right in the face. And Shayna dragged her into the center of the ring, submitted her with an armbar. So a good win here for Shayna Baszler. Not much of a match. But uh, it was bad enough L.A. Knight lost on this show. If they would have had Natty go over on Shayna, then I, I just I would have just thrown my hands up in the air. So at least Shayna got the win. Shayna got the win, by the way, because she's attached now at the hip to Ronda Rousey. So that actually works to Shayna's benefit. If Shayna Baszler was not doing a program right now with Ronda Rousey, if they were not partners, Shayna Baszler might not even be on television. So the Ronda Rousey thing at least benefits her in some way. Now, after the match was over, Tegan Knox climbed up onto the apron. She got booted back to the floor by Baszler. Rousey had Baszler hold Natty in place. She was setting up for something. Tegan ran in. She broke it up. So now, Ronda is outside, and she's like being held back here by Shayna. And Ronda is acting like she has no idea who this woman is. She has no idea who Tegan Knox is. And Shayna is telling her, she's trying to explain to her who Tegan Knox is. You know, she's got the multicolored hair, right? So Rhonda, Rhonda calls out Skittles and says that says to Tegan she'll be tasting the rainbow next Friday. She's going to be tasting the rainbow. She called her Skittles and that she will be tasting the rainbow on television next week. She's She's so bad. She's so awful. You know, when when I make dad jokes, they're supposed to be bad. That's the point. What's her excuse? She's on live television. What's her excuse for being this bad? Now, WWE is listing Ronda Rousey. They have an events page. And they put little headshots at the very bottom for some of the talent that will be featured on the show that week. They have Ronda Rousey's picture on that page for Raw this Monday. So, basically, they're advertising her for uh, the show this coming Monday night. So, we'll see if she and Shayna either cost Becky Lynch and Lita the match, because they're wrestling for the tag team titles against Io and Dakota. Do they cost Becky and Lita the belts by interfering in the match? Or do Becky and Lita win the tag team titles this Monday, and then they get confronted when the match is over by Becky or Becky and Lita get confronted by Shayna and Ronda. Because I, I talked about this the other night, that they could be finding a backdoor way to do some version of Becky and Ronda, not one-on-one, but doing it in tag team form at WrestleMania. And if you think about it, if you think about what the bigger match is, at WrestleMania, if Ronda and Shayna are going to be wrestling for the tag team titles, the bigger match to do would be Ronda and Shayna against Becky and Lita. Becky, Ronda and Shayna against Dakota and Io doesn't even make any sense because they're both heels. So that match doesn't even make sense unless it's part of maybe a bigger match. Maybe it ends up being a triple threat match or a fatal four-way match. You get four teams involved. But that could be a backdoor way to get to Becky and Ronda without doing a singles match. So Ronda's being advertised for Monday. Let's see what happens. Uh, But next Friday on SmackDown, it's going to be Ronda and Shayna taking on Natty and uh, Skittles. I guess that'll be her new name from now on. Tegan Knox is uh, here by Skittle. Maybe Skittles will be one of the WrestleMania sponsors. 
Maybe instead of a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match, we'll have a Skittles match involving Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. So then, after a break, we had a brand new edition of the Firefly Funhouse. I don't even know why I attempted to take notes. This was all very scattershot. It was just, there was so many different things going on. It was hard to follow. It was hard to make sense of any of this. But this has been the case with a lot of Bray Wyatt segments. Never like this, though. There there was so much going on here. So we had the Firefly Funhouse opening. The intro to the Firefly Funhouse that we we all know and love. So they show the set. All of a sudden, the lighting on the set turned red. Right? Fiend alert. Fiend alert. We saw a television set on the floor that showed someone playing with a pair of Undertaker action figures. And this was like old school Undertaker. I was looking at the action figures going, wait, that's like gray glove Undertaker. And uh, all we saw were a pair of hands playing with the figures. They were not Bray's hands. So someone's playing with a couple of Undertaker uh, action figures. So then they cut to a different scene, which is Bray Wyatt just as himself. He's in a production room, and he's watching footage on an iPad of himself from uh, SmackDown last week, saying that the winner of Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber should run. So he's watching his own promo from last week, and he's giggling, and he's laughing. and So they showed that. Then they showed some of the footage from Raw Monday night, when Bobby Lashley came out and he cut a promo and he briefly mentioned Bray Wyatt. So they showed those highlights as well. Then it cut to a segment called Funhouse News with Bray, Funhouse Bray in his red sweater, and Ramblin' Rabbit. They were the news anchors here in this segment. Wyatt then said, he said something and then he said, let's throw it to Uncle Howdy for the weather. So we see Uncle Howdy in front of the weather wall, and we heard a digitized voice. This was not the usual Uncle Howdy voice. This sounded like, I don't know what this sounded. This sounded like Kane's old voice box. It was some weird digitized voice, and he said, I am all of us. Then they cut to a game show. Are you following me here? They cut to a game show called Can You Keep a Secret? With Bray Wyatt as the host, he was wearing a a terrible wig. He asked, well, can you? Then a graphic was shown listing, it was basically like a programming listing for, for upcoming television programs. Can You Keep a Secret was listed twice on the programming guide, I forgot what time it aired, followed by a show called Well, Can You? Then... It cut back to the Firefly Funhouse, and the door was open. And in the doorway, we saw a whole bunch of just disturbing images. It looked like hell. You know, just a bunch of disturbing images. We heard uh, the sound of a woman's voice screaming. The woman's voice sounded an awful lot like Alexa Bliss. Uh, You may have also heard my voice during that segment briefly. I was also screaming for, for very different reasons. But we heard a female voice that kind of sounded like Alexa Bliss. And then we cut to another shot. This time it was Bray Wyatt 
wearing his black devil mask, the one that he was wearing the night he came back at Extreme Rules, and he asked, if I told you a story, could you keep a secret? And then they flashed his Wyatt logo, and that was the end of the Firefly Funhouse segment. I have no idea what this was supposed to accomplish, other than just confusing me. We had hints of The Fiend. We may have heard Alexa's voice. They showed enough footage of Bobby Lashley to to tell you that it looks as if that's the direction they're going in for WrestleMania. Right now, it looks like it's going to be one-on-one. Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley, which sounds almost as bad as Brock Lesnar one-on-one with Bray Wyatt. I don't think Lashley against Bray Wyatt is much better. I still think if you want to, if you want to get these guys together, you do a three-way match. Instead, it's like they're giving us the worst possible combinations here. They're teasing Brock Lesnar against Omos and Bobby Lashley against Bray Wyatt. When the better thing to do would be to simply put Bray and Brock and Bobby, Triple B, in a triple threat at WrestleMania. And maybe we get a pretty good match out of it. Maybe we can get a fun match out of it. Individually, I don't see how these matches are going to be any good. I don't see how the build to these matches are going to be any good. Maybe Brock looked at this and said, fuck this. I don't want anything to do with this. I'll wrestle the big guy. (laughs) Maybe that's what happened here. Maybe Brock said, you know what? Maybe I think I just figured it out. I think I just figured out why Brock Lesnar kicked Bobby Lashley in the dick at Elimination Chamber. When Brock Lesnar realized that winning at Elimination Chamber meant wrestling Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, he kicked Bobby in the dick. He intentionally got himself disqualified. Brock Lesnar may be the smartest man in the room because now that's Bobby's problem. He fucked over Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley won the match. Brock Lesnar won the war. I think that's what's going on here. We're all playing chess or or checkers, and Brock Lesnar is playing chess. He's a lot smarter than I think we give him credit for. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. I'm still holding out hope that the Brock and Omos thing is a, is a big swerve and they're just luring him in so that Bobby Lashley in a reunited Hurt Business can put a hurting on Brock Lesnar on Monday and then, you know, Bray can get involved in this. And again, maybe, maybe we go in the three-way direction. But the other way that they're planning on doing this right now, I actually think makes the WrestleMania card worse. Back to the bloodline. Jimmy and Solo were still sitting there. Boy, you know, Solo Sokoa, he's a very uh, contemplative individual. The entire show, up until the the end when he came out, he's just sitting there, deep in thought. He doesn't speak. 
He doesn't, he's not very expressive. He does, he's got a big poker face here. You don't know what he's thinking. You don't know what he's feeling. He's just been sitting there the whole time. Like he's contemplating the meaning of life. So they're still sitting there. Jimmy was sure that his brother would still show up. Paul Heyman said that, I hope so. Because look at this text message I just got from the tribal chief. He said, Roman Reigns is going to be live on SmackDown next week. He said, Jimmy, you handle your brother tonight. This is what the text message said. Jimmy, you handle your brother tonight or next week. The tribal chief will, personally. So Roman Reigns issuing a threat for next week's show. Rey Mysterio, one-on-one with Karrion Cross. Ray pulled the top rope down when uh, Cross charged at him. Cross ended up on the apron, and so Ray hit him with a 619. That sent Cross to the floor. Ray followed up with a suicide dive. After a break, Cross all of a sudden was in control. We didn't see how, but all of a sudden he's in control. Ray got Cross, though, in position later for another 619. There was a spot here where Ray, uh, you know, Scarlet got bumped. But Ray went for a 619, but his bastard son showed up and blocked it. Uh, This was Dominic's third appearance on the show tonight. So again, if you are not a Dominic Mysterio fan, this was not the show for you. Uh, Because he was all over the place tonight. Dominic dared Ray to hit him. Ray couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He's got no balls. So instead, he went back into the ring. And he got blasted with a forearm to the head. And then Cross put him in the cross jacket for the win. Uh, The crowd was hot for anything that Ray did. I mean, not so much Cross. Uh, although he was the heel, I guess, but they didn't really seem to care. But it wasn't about the match. It wasn't much of a match. It wasn't about the match. The match was a means to get to the post-match. And the post-match was Dominic getting into the ring and again bullying and harassing his father and trying to bait him into hitting him. And no matter what he said and no matter what he did, and he was pushing his dad around, he was shoving him, Ray would not take the bait. He was conflicted. He didn't know what to do. He, He looked tormented. The crowd wanted him to punch his son in the face. Ray wouldn't do it. And uh, Dominic just kept pushing him around, and this didn't go anywhere. Now, Ray did at one point, he did go uh, head-to-head with Dominic. He didn't headbutt him, but they kind of went, you know, head-to-head, but he didn't He didn't react. He didn't lay a finger on him. And in the end, after all this, Ray simply left the ring. And everybody booed, and Dominic gloated. And that was the end of the segment. So they've been teasing this for months now. This has been going on for for many, many months. uh, Waiting for the moment that Ray finally snaps and either hits his son or shoves him down. Uh, It's the Brett Owen thing from 94. I will not fight you. I will not fight my brother, right? I will not fight my son until he does. But they need to be careful. They need to be careful uh, not to drag this out for too many more weeks. They got five more weeks until WrestleMania. I give it two weeks tops. Two more weeks of this, and they've got they've got to have Ray fight back. They've got to have Ray punch him, push him, do something. Two more weeks, I think, before it just gets to the point where people are like, all right, enough already. When that moment comes, though, as long as they don't wait too long, they don't wait that extra week or two too long, When they give us the moment, it should get a huge reaction. And then that, of course, will set the stage for the singles match uh, at WrestleMania. And then we had the main event of the show, 
which was Jimmy Uso by himself coming out to the ring in his street clothes. He was coming out to the ring to address his brother, Jay. And he told Jay, you know, wherever you are, brother to brother, I know you're torn. I know you're hurt. When you're hurt, or when you hurt, I hurt. He says, but I want to tell you, I will always be here for you no matter what. Just like I need you to be here for me right now. As people are talking, they're saying that there's cracks in the bloodline. We got a Sami Zayn problem. We got a Kevin Owens problem. You and me need to defend these tag team titles. He says, you got problems with the tribal chief, and I can't do this alone. All of a sudden, Sami Zayn jumped the barricade. He was in his black hoodie, and he got into the ring. He said that he's not here to fight. He knows that he wants to talk to Jay. He goes, I would like to talk to Jay, too. But right now, I need to talk to you. He says, every time I hear you use that word brother, it breaks my heart. Because that's what you were to me. He goes, you were my dog. We were dogs. He said that uh, you had my back in the bloodline from day one. When Paul Heyman saw no value in me, you saw value in me. When your own brother hated my guts, you loved me. And you made me feel welcome. You were the one who made me the honorary oos. He goes, without you, there's no feeling oosy. But when things went south at the Royal Rumble, you didn't think twice. He says, you took me down with zero hesitation, and that hurt. Jay called him selfish. Or Jimmy. Jimmy called him selfish. For putting the blame on him. He says, it was you. He says, you're the one who made that choice. You're the one that pulled the trigger. You stepped on me, and you stepped on Jay. Said, you made the choice and I did what I had to do. He says, family doesn't betray you. Sammy said, family doesn't make you test your loyalty every week and jump through hoops to prove your worth. Family doesn't manipulate you every single week the way that Roman Reigns has done to you and your brother. So then the camera pulled backwards, got a wide shot, to show Jay Uso standing up in the crowd. He was standing in the staircase. Sammy kept the promo going, so I'm not sure if at this point he didn't see Jay. I don't think he did. Sammy told Jimmy, I'm taking the bloodline down, but there's a way out for you. Just like I told your brother, you don't have to go down with the ship. So then Sammy glanced up, and then Sammy saw Jay up in the crowd. And when he did, Jimmy took the opportunity to blindside him. He knocked down Sammy. He started putting the boots to him. Jimmy went back uh, into the corner, and he looks out into the crowd, and he's pounding on top of the post, and he's motioning for his brother. And on commentary, I think Wade Barrett said, that, oh, it was all a setup. Uh, it was not a setup, actually. That's not the story here. This was not a setup. I think he jumped the gun on that. Uh, but Jimmy's calling for his brother and saying, come on, come down here, join me. Let's do this. Let's take this guy out. Or at least it didn't come off as a setup to me. I mean, if that was the idea here, that's not how it came off. So he's motioning to his brother. When uh, Jimmy turned around, though, Sammy came at him and he ate the halluva kick. So now Jay started to come down the stairs towards the ringside area. He got as far as the barricade, but he did not come over the barricade. When Sammy was staring at him, Sammy bailed when he saw Solo Sokoa finally. I don't know what Solo was. I guess Solo was sitting there the whole time. (laughs) Solo Sokoa was sitting there contemplating life, and Paul Heyman was like, hey, dude, go out there. So finally, here comes Solo Sokoa, 
And Sammy bailed into the crowd. Jay and Sammy, though, before Sammy went into the crowd, he looked at Jay and Jay looked at him. And they shared. It was only a few seconds. But they did uh, stare down one another. And then Sammy went off into the crowd. And Michael Cole pointed out that next week, Roman Reigns is going to be here as they faded to black. So another excellent Bloodline segment, I thought. It furthered the story. Uh, this was the first confrontation post-Royal Rumble that we've gotten. Uh, I'm not not even physical. I'm saying as far as like a promo with Sammy and Jimmy. We had Sammy and Jay a couple weeks ago out in the parking lot when, you know, Sammy wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, but this is the first time we've had a segment like that involving uh, Sammy and Jimmy speaking to each other. And meanwhile, the mystery continues as far as where Jay Uso's loyalty lies, right? What what decision is he going to make? Is he in? Is he out uh, of the bloodline? We still don't know. And Roman Reigns is finally showing back up to work after barely appearing on the show at all this entire month. Uh, he's going to be back on the show next week. That'll be the first SmackDown for the month of March, right? I think it's March 3rd next week. Uh, very interesting to note if you picked up on this during the segment, that Jey Uso started coming down the steps to the ring when Jimmy was attacking Sammy. And then as soon as Sammy started fighting back and making a comeback, Jay stopped. So I like that. I like the intrigue because now we don't know, was he going to help his brother? Or was he going to stop his brother? We don't know. So you have that little bit of intrigue there as well. Uh, I still think, I don't think anything's changed. I still think the destination for WrestleMania is the same. I think the destination, I don't know how they get there. That's part of the fun of watching along. I'm still not sure exactly how they're going to get there over these next five weeks. Uh, But the destination is the Usos defending their tag team titles against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, That is the match of WrestleMania. And especially after the segment we saw tonight with Charlotte and Rhea, if they don't ramp this up in a way where you know, it really starts to get you excited to see the two of them go at it for the SmackDown women's title. Uh, unless they start showing some magic here with those two on TV. Uh, the main event of WrestleMania night one should be for the tag team titles. It should be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, against the Usos. That story trumps the Charlotte and Rhea story. And there was nothing certainly on the show tonight that made me feel any differently about that. So the Bloodline stuff carried things as usual. Dominic, like I said, he's my guilty pleasure. You know, for the most part, I enjoy uh, his segments. Uh, Everything else on this show was just there. That's the best way I can describe it. It was was a show. It had segments. It had matches. (laughs) And LA Night lost, which I thought was fucking stupid. So there's your synopsis of SmackDown tonight. Here's the Twitter poll for SmackDown. Not great. Not great. 48% thumbs up, 35% thumbs in the middle. And uh, roughly 17% thumbs down. That is with over 600 votes in so far. So go ahead and vote at Solomonster and let your voice be heard. As far as SmackDown is concerned. Now we turn to your Super Chats. And uh, thank you, by the way, to everybody who has sent one in so far. You guys are awesome. So let's uh, hang out here for a few minutes before we uh, wrap things up. I don't know where we are in terms of the 
likes. We're right around 3.30. So uh, not looking too good for Be The Booker right now. Still time, but uh, it doesn't look like we're going to make it tonight. But we begin here with uh, PJK. PJK dropped the Super Chat about four hours ago before anybody else. So PJK, if you're still hanging around here, thank you, my friend. He said, buy or sell uh, on the bigger... Is it on screen? Here we go. Is it... uh, Here it is. Buy or sell, bigger impact, Mox, AEW, or Kurt Angle and TNA? Uh, Kurt Angle and TNA. Kurt Angle was TNA's uh, biggest acquisition as far as I'm concerned. Certainly as far as the work he put in in the ring and how he elevated everybody that he was able to work with and the credibility that he gave that company as the first really big WWE get was Kurt Angle. So you could say Hulk Hogan had a bigger... Hulk Hogan definitely had a bigger impact and that's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, but I gotta go Kurt TNA. Kurt, Kurt coming to TNA was a game changer for that company. Uh, Winter's Paul with the $5 Super Chat. What frustrates me when people spew their hate for Bray is that he is quite literally one of the best at doing his job in the world, better than Omega. Well, I certainly have not seen any evidence of that so far, but uh, I don't know how you could say that after tonight. That may well be true, but we still have not seen any evidence of it just yet. Uh, Trey Knight 94, do you ever see a referee wing in the Hall of Fame? I think they'll put referees in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, if you consider that a wing, then I guess yes. So I think eventually we'll see people in there like Tommy Young and the Hebners. As they should be, Tim White and others. Uh, Winter's Paw. Bray is a top merch seller and ratings draw for the number one company in the world. And uh, Meltzer doesn't like him, so people think he's Alex Wright. What is, I don't understand what people's obsession is with Meltzer. It's like he, he's got them all crazed. I don't know if it's it's just Winter's, winter's Pods. It's like so many people I see on social media <laughs> are just... It's like he lives rent-free in their head. I just don't understand it. I think people are largely able to judge on their own. I think people were very excited when Bray first came back. And I think, you know, he just hasn't done much. You have also people who I think like Bray or want to like Bray, and they're just waiting for him to do something a little more meaningful and it just hasn't happened yet. What has he really done? I know he's been telling a story through all these riddles and stuff, but he came back in October. It's going to be March. I think people are... It's understandable that people are getting impatient and they want him to fucking do something. It has nothing to do with Dave Meltzer. I would love it if Dave Meltzer had a puppet on the Firefly Funhouse just to get him on the show every week. Be like a little Meltzer puppet... Like the big arms and stuff. Uh, Mr. E1976. Uh, here's to the tip jar. Thank you for everything you do. Solomonster, Mr. E. Thank you for the uh, tip jar. Hyru. If Brock needed a WrestleMania opponent, they should have went with Bronson Reed. You want to create a new star? You have Reed beat the beast. Well, that was never going to happen. I like the way you think, but if you think that Bronson Reed is going to wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and win, then you haven't been paying attention to Brock Lesnar over the past 12 years, <laughs> or 11 years, or whatever it's been. Uh, Emmanuel Medane with a 999. 
I was in attendance in Evansville tonight. Made sure to point at the WrestleMania sign. The last segment was solid. Always point to the sign. Uh, Austin with the $5 super chat. This Young Bucks Aussie Open match is awesome. Aussie Open is awesome. Mr. Andrew, when can we call Bray's return a miss? I don't know. Don't let the uh, don't let all the Bray fans hear you say that. EJ Slamp with the four ninety nine. Tonight I found out current NWA National Champion Robert Ego Anthony coaches in my works youth baseball league, and he's one of the good ones. Great guy. I assume that means baseball, not basketball, but that is very cool. Slipper House, extra, extra. Bray's hidden meanings are lame. Prediction, we will get no answers to the Bray Wyatt stuff, and Bray versus Bob will be mid. mid. Bray against Bob at WrestleMania. Uh, Rodimus Prime with the $10 Super Chat. Worst version of the NWO. NWO 2000, NWO Elite. The B team or the WWE version? What say you? I mean, there wasn't much of a WWE version, was there? So I would say the WWE version pretty much sucked. Uh, Money Benny, NW almost for life. Thank you, Money Benny. James Hollins, what if you add carry and cross and make it a four way for the IC title, yay or nay? Nay. Nay. He's not needed in that match. You either do Gunther and Sheamus, or you do Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. You do not need anybody else in that match. You start adding more people unnecessarily. It crowds the match. It's completely just not needed. Keep it to a three-way. Oh, Harold, Bray Wyatt's booking under Vince or Triple H? You got to give it more time. I mean, he hasn't even been back for a full year yet. I don't even think it's been a full six months. You know, Bray Wyatt, before Vince, uh, you know, completely lost faith in him and he got all fucked up, uh, Bray had a good thing going there for a while. So I got to go with Vince. But, you know, Bray Bray was there for so long. I mean, I'm talking about the early years of Bray, the Wyatt family Bray. And the early years, years, feels like years, the early phase of The Fiend and the Firefly stuff. It was very unique when it first started and then it just... Now run into the ground, and we've talked about all the things that happened. So, right now you got to say Vince, the uh, the early Vince booking of Bray, Johnny Fair, with the five dollar super chat. Does Bray know how to have a regular wrestling match anymore? Name me one since WrestleMania thirty one, and Undertaker, him and Undertaker that did not involve insane nonsense. Hashtag one trick. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lakers, Pats. Uh, get Cody Pyro for 100,000 subscribers or maximum male models photo shoot. Oh, you're talking about me. I would do the Cody. I would do the Cody Pyro if I wouldn't burn the place down. Uh, down bad with the fifty dollars super chest. Says, thank you for doing what you do. Down bad. Thank you for doing what you did tonight. That means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Fire Panda with the twenty dollars super chat is uh, rejoicing on behalf of all the Omas fans uh, everywhere. I am now, uh, you are now one of us. I will never be one of you. Bron Bron, future star. LA Knight, Montez Ford, Austin Theory. To me, they're, they're all star. LA Knight can be a star right now. Montez Ford is a future star. And Austin Theory is going to be a big star. All three of them. But Austin Theory is going to be the one that I think they build things around. That's why he's the one working with John Cena at WrestleMania this year. I think they would like for him to be their next Cena. Joseph Brooks, if Elimination Chamber was another test for Montez Ford, how did he do? He passed with flying colors. It was really his first test as a single in a big match, and I thought he did fantastic. And I think he's going to be somebody... You know, we have a King of the Ring tournament coming up at the end of May. We have Money in the Bank coming up in July. He's going to be part of all that stuff. J.R. Hyde with a 499. Thoughts on rumored King of the Ring pay-per-view and Triple H bringing back Backlash. Talked about that before. I'm always a big fan of the King of the Ring, so I'm very excited to see that uh, pay-per-view come back as a pay-per-view. And I will talk more about that and who I think the winner is going to be or should be. I will talk about that on the podcast on Sunday. Thank you, JR. Uh, Base Beer is God of Seduction. JR had the best promos for Skittles on Raw. Oh my God, JR would have a meltdown every week. You would have to unplug him and reboot him. Uh, DEH Sires, early King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring winner. Says mine is Liv and Montez. I will talk more about that on the podcast on Sunday, but. Mine are different. Mine are different from yours. And frankly, a lot of it really depends on whether or not there are stakes in this tournament. If there are high stakes in this tournament, then uh, those are not going to be the winners. Slim Yoshi, Salamasa, did you see the news that Warner Brothers Discovery is looking to get out of the regional sports TV business? Does this affect AEW? No. It has no effect on AEW whatsoever. I saw there were some Facebook groups and some websites trying to push that narrative. The answer is no. One has nothing to do with the other. If you read the actual story, which I did on the Wall Street Journal site, this has no, this has nothing to do with AEW. Rob G, 
worst Triple H era was his handlebar mustache era. Yes. Well, it was the handlebar mustache era, and there was an era where you could tell he was off the gas. And his body changed. And that, coupled with the handlebar look, was his absolute worst look. The second worst look for him uh, was when he had the torn groin, and he wore those really tight biker shorts. It just looked... It was just a bad look. Credit to him for gutting through, because that's a painful injury, but that was his second worst look. Andre Israel. Can't wait to hear that pop when Ray attacks Dom. DEH Sires, have Dominic come out with Eddie's theme song at WrestleMania. Oh, that would get him some nuclear heat. God of Seduction, Sweet Child Omas. Uh, Red Emissary of Darkness, Jeff gets a 10-year license suspension for multiple DUIs, yet Dominic gets prison time for showing up to his dad's house. This just goes to show you how fucked the justice system is in this country. And uh, I will be talking about Jeff Hardy on Sunday. Oh, I will be talking about Jeff Hardy. DEH says, who do you see back in WWE first, Miro or Andrade? I'm going to go with uh, Miro. But I think we will see them both back in WWE. Rizzo. $20 Super Chat. Rizzo, thank you. After seeing Pat McAfee's comments, I'm starting to wonder if he ever comes back to WWE. Although, wouldn't Bray, with his long-term story, also be... uh, With his long-term story be better in Hollywood instead of WWE? Because it's been almost six months and still no follow-up. When Bray Wyatt got fired... Which is what happened. He got His ass got fired. Because Vince McMahon didn't like him anymore and he got fired. I made the comment on one of the podcasts back then that I thought Bray Wyatt would do very well working in movies. I thought Bray Wyatt would do very well working in the horror movie realm in Hollywood. He's very good at that. He, like, he just has a certain presence, that voice... Um, I don't know if he could carry a movie as the lead or anything like that. Maybe start small. I know he filmed the movie during his time off. I've not heard any updates on the movie, what it is, when it's coming out. Uh, it might have been a low-budget thing. I don't know, but I agree with you. You know, Bray is out there doing his own little movie every single week. And it's getting long in the tooth now because you can tell stories, but there's got to be an action component to it. And there just hasn't been enough so far. I agree that I think he he would be better suited uh, probably doing movies. Because he does have a creative mind that obviously he's got, I mean, (laughs) who knows what's going on in in his mind at any given moment. Uh, I think that he would excel doing movies, you know, more than he would in wrestling. You know, what he does in wrestling, I think it's almost a waste of, of his talent. So I agree. John Falchetta, Brock said, that doesn't work for me, brother. DEH says, if LA Night and New Day is actually a feud and not a short-term feud, only way I see this going is if Big E is ready to return to face LA Night. That's exactly what I said. That's what I was thinking as I was watching that. But we'll, we'll know next week. Because if there's no follow-up and this story is, is over after one week, then we'll have our answer. Dr. Dakota Scorpio. 
Omos sounds off podcast. Blame the chat. Yeah, let's uh, let's calm that down a little bit. Uh, armchair critic thoughts on Biker Taker and why was he so hated? I didn't hate Biker Taker. I I actually thought it was a nice little you know break there from what he had been doing for so long. There were people who just absolutely hated it and didn't like it. One of the great moments in WWE history is when he drove out on that motorcycle and interfered at the end of the Iron Man match at Judgment Day in 2000. I mean, the crowd was absolutely losing their minds. And it was just, it was a convoluted finish. It was, you know, some people might have hated the way that match ended, but uh, it was electric, you know, in that building. So they didn't acknowledge Biker Taker on TV for a very long time. I, I don't think Vince wanted to. It was almost like the first match he and Triple H had at WrestleMania 17. When it came time to promote their match at 27 and 28, the match at 17 was never spoken of. It's almost like it didn't even exist. And I think that was because Vince didn't want to, um, you know, he didn't want to acknowledge that there was this other version of The Undertaker. Now, at least, that he's retired, you know, they're, I mean... The whole, the whole mystique around the characters is dead anyway, so now they're able to be a little more open with it. He came out on Raw 30 basically as, you know, <laughs> he, yeah, he came out there uh, as himself, basically. Not, not even Biker Taker. I mean, he came out as Mark Calloway on Raw 30. I mean, that's something that Vince McMahon never would have allowed uh, back in the day. DEH says, I sent the last Super Chat before you talked about it. There you go. That happens sometimes. He also says, who would you put the vacant uh, universal title on after Mania if they split the belts? Aside from Gunther, I would save him for Survivor Series. I would go with Seth Rollins. I don't know. A lot of it depends on the rosters. If there's a draft and who's on what roster after the fact. Um, I don't want to give too much away. It kind of ties in with you know, what I'm going to talk about Sunday with the uh, King of the Ring stuff. It says, post-Vince, Rhea feels like such a badass. Rhea Ripley has definitely been a beneficiary of the Triple H era of booking. And if Triple H does right by her, then she will be walking out of WrestleMania with that championship. Joseph Brooks, here's probably the easiest one for you. Cherish, keep, borrow, sell on Sting's different careers. In WCW, TNA, WWE, and AEW. I already know what you are going to sell. Well, then why would you ask the question if you know what I am going to sell? Uh, Obviously, we'll go W... Now, the middle part of it is a little tough. WCW is obviously at the top. WWE's uh, dead last at the bottom. He spent a long time much longer in TNA than he did in AEW. And in TNA, he was still physically, I don't know if I was saying his prime, but like he was still physically able to go and he was having singles matches with Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett and Abyss and Samoa Joe and, you know, all the top names there. And he had some great matches there. And I I feel like I'm one of the few who actually enjoyed the Joker Sting run. Um... But Tony Khan, he found the right formula for Sting in AEW with Darby Allin. So it's WWE first, TNA second, AEW third, and WCW last. 
just because in AEW, you know, he's a lot older, he's not doing much, but I will credit Tony Khan because he has used Sting to perfection. The way that he's utilized him in AEW, I think, has been masterful. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, thank you for the uh, for the super chat. Shin Super Kick Akuma, again, thank you for the 100 bucks, man. That means a lot. DEH says, Ray finally snaps when I wish Eddie was my dad. That's what gets him. That's what finally pushes him over the edge. Red Emissary of Darkness. The Four Pillars of Omos. Good Lord. Uh, Johnny Fair, Excon Dom for King of the Ring. Well, if you're going to do that, you got to have Rhea as the Queen. You get King Dom. Get it? King Dom. Oh, see, it works. It works. King Dom is going to rule over his kingdom. King Dom and Queen Rhea. That could work. Uh, Riley, thank you for the uh, $5 super chat. I had a long night of drinking with Jeff Hardy uh, before he got busted. You know what's sad, though, is that there was footage of him at an event drinking. Uh, was it Fireball? I forgot what it was. So uh, That could or could not be real. That's what's sad about the whole situation. DEH, I'm at the point where if Bray gets released, I wouldn't even care. He adds nothing to the show or his opponents. Some wrestlers should not have creative freedom. Jay Baker, going to Revolution next weekend, would have gone to Dynamite, but the card looks boring as it's been for weeks. Well, enjoy the show. I still think it'll end up being a very good show. And Dr. Dakota Scorpio, I thought Biker Taker short heel run in the late 2001, early 2002 period was great. My favorite, especially his Mania match with Flair, besides the botched last ride. I always laugh when I see that segment with him and David Flair in the shower at the uh, the training facility that they're at. And he's beating the hell out of David Flair. And he's like, what are you doing? And Undertaker's like, I'm kicking your ass. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? That was the Big Evil run. Uh, Big Evil was fun for a while, too. You know, and again, when it all ran its course, by the time they went back to the Dead Man, a lot of people were clamoring for it. I was looking forward to it also. It was a big deal when he went back to doing the Dead Man gimmick because they got away from it for a while. They gave it a break for a few years. And you let people get to a point where it's like, man, I really want to see Dead Man Undertaker back. And then he had the big moment at WrestleMania 20 when they brought back Paul Bear, and he was kind of a hybrid of the dead man and the biker with the bandana on his head. It's like weird zombie version of The Undertaker, which, you know, it, it made sense if you think about it because the last time we saw Undertaker before WrestleMania that year was at Survivor Series when his brother buried him in the Buried Alive match that Undertaker had with Vince McMahon. And at that time when he was buried, he was Biker Taker. He had the bandana on. So it's almost like he crawled out of the grave, and this is like the, the new undead version of The Undertaker. So it kind of fit. But thank you guys for uh, all of the Super Chat love tonight. We got some bombs, too, which was uh, very cool. Always good to see that heading into the weekend as I... Uh, We'll be working to wrap up all my work tomorrow for the show on Sunday. I still have to finish NXT. 
So uh, I'll be doing that tomorrow. But we did uh, smash our likes goal for Be the Booker tonight. And uh, so let's get to it. Let's be the Booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the Booker. Let's be the Booker. And we will begin with the men's be the Booker. I forgot how we did on Wednesday. I don't think we did too well. Hey, Rizzo is back. Rizzo, I'll get to your super chat here in a second. But first, we got to pick some wrestlers here. And we begin with Valta. We begin with the Intercontinental Champion. I see, I can't do it the way Samantha Irvin does. The Intercontinental. She's she's very good at what she does. It's amazing the physical transformation this man has gone through. You look at him in this image here. And you look at him now and he's leaner and he's cut. It's like two different people. But I love Walter either way. Whatever version of Walter is good Walter. Walter is going to go one-on-one with Mae Young's hand. You know, it's kind of strange. If Walter were to get into the ring with a giant hand, when he chops the hand with his hand, kind of like a hand-on-hand abuse, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, look, you know, mo- most of the poison pills are out, but you got to leave a couple in there. So, of all the things to land on, that's why they call it the randomizer. You never know what it's going to land on, and that's a fail. So, now we go to the women's beat the booker. And we begin with Raquel Rodriguez from SmackDown. Let's see, Raquel's going to be getting in. Getting into the ring with, it'll be Raquel going one-on-one with Hikaru Shida. AEW's Hikaru Shida. There you go. I think that'd be a hard-hitting match. Well, I shouldn't say that. Actually, the last match I saw Raquel in, was it the Chamber? I think it was the Chamber. My grandmother hit harder than she was hitting in that match. Shida will give her a couple, couple of shots with that kendo stick, and maybe that'll wake her up. But I think that would be a, a good match. Hey, Zizu, thank you for the disgusted Brandy Rhodes super chat. I don't know. Uh, maybe she didn't like that match I just booked. I don't know. Let's book a tag team match. Let's book a tag team match, player. We begin with... The Kabuki Warriors, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane, the former women's tag team champions. Kyrie just had one of the best women's matches I've seen in a very long time with Mercedes Monet at Battle in the Valley, lost her IWGP Women's Championship. Asuka and Kyrie Sane. 
I miss the Kabuki Warriors. Except when Charlotte nearly killed Kyrie at TLC. The Kabuki Warriors against the Rockers. Oh, yeah. I actually think that would be a hell of a match. Asuka and Kyrie against Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. I like that match. I think I'd sell some tickets with that one. Man, you take the Rockers in their prime against the Kabuki Warriors doing that Joshi style. You do a intergender tag team match. That's a four and a half star match right there. Hell yeah. All right, two out of three. There you go. Two out of three ain't bad. Wasn't there a song by that title, a country song? There's two out of three. Oh, that was a meatloaf song. It wasn't a country song. It was a meatloaf song. Rizzo, I know most likely you'll talk about this on Sunday, but LOL, at WWE allegedly booking another pay-per-view on the same weekend as AEW. I love the pettiness. They did it in September with Labor Day weekend, and now they're hijacking Memorial Day weekend. Tony Khan is punching the air right now. I'm sure he's not very happy about that. Look, Tony Khan, when he went off in that media scrum uh, in September, I think it was the same one uh, where CM Punk had his little muffin meltdown. I think that was the night where Tony Khan went off and he was like, I'm not going to take this fucking shit anymore. You know, the way they treat me. It was because WWE decided to run their Clash of the Castle the same weekend as All Out. So imagine how he'll feel now if it once it's made official, if King of the Ring is going to be the night before Double or Nothing, where I assume they'll be doing the Owen Hart tournament again. I would imagine he won't be very happy about that. Visa Sock just dropped her very first super chat here on the channel. Have you, would you ever date a wrestling fan? I have, and I would. Nothing against wrestling fans. I mean, some of them are batshit crazy, but of course. GCC305, thank you for the $30 Bully the Clown super chat. Says a few things. First, Big Evil Undertaker to me was way better than Dead Man. Second, buy or sell. The praise of Omos or the hatred for Bray Wyatt. And third, I don't think Sammy needs to be in a tag match at WrestleMania. Well, Sammy is going to be in a tag match at WrestleMania because that's what the story dictates. That is what the story dictates. This bloodline story has been focused on two people. I've been saying this all week long ever since Elimination Chamber. It's not the Sami Zayn story. It's the Jey Uso story. Jey Uso is one half of the tag team champions. So I think it's appropriate that the story would pay off in some way at WrestleMania with Jay and Sammy, who really are the two people now who this storyline is built around. And Roman goes off and has his own story with Cody. So I know not everybody is going to be a fan of Sammy being in a tag match, but you'll get over it. DEH dropping a super chat here. Jade Cargill, Kenny Omega. Could be free agents in November. Yes, I will have an update on Kenny on Sunday. But for anybody thinking that he's going to be imminently available and he's going to WWE soon, Tony Khan has added time onto his contract for all the months he missed with his injury. So if he goes, he's not going until at least the end of the year. In fact, if he goes, it's going to be right around Royal Rumble season. So... Get ready for all the Royal Rumble. Is Kenny Omega going to be in the Royal Rumble? Remember we went through that with Cody a 
few years ago. Well, last year, I guess it was, right? We went through that last year with Cody. We went through that with Jay White this year. Next year, it'll be Kenny Omega. Is Kenny Omega going to be in the Royal Rumble? It would be appropriate if he actually did. If he, if he debuted in the Rumble the way AJ Styles did in 2016. And Cameron Spencer with the 499. What's going on, Cameron? I always said, if I ever had a kid, if I ever had a boy, the two names I like the most are Austin and Cameron. Uh, he says, I want to see a bad match at WrestleMania so I can laugh. What match is funnier, Miz against Elias or Corbin against Uncle Howdy? Corbin and Uncle Howdy would probably get my vote just because I don't see anything funny about Miz and Elias. I just think that's fucking boring. That would be a horrible match. You got a better chance of getting Elias and Rick Boobs than you do Elias and Miz. GCC305 with a $10 super chat coming in here. So why not have Sami Zayn against Jey Uso at WrestleMania instead of a tag team match for the titles if the story is focused on those two? Wouldn't it tell a better story with KO and Jimmy at ringside? I don't think so. I don't think so. And a lot of it depends on how they how they tell this story uh, between now and then. Are they going to keep us guessing until WrestleMania as far as where Jimmy's allegiance lies? That could be, I, I guess that could kind of be interesting. You know, does, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Jay. I think I said Jimmy by accident. Because then the titles are on the line. They've been champions at that point, let's say, for 600 and something days, right? They have this long reign as champions going, undisputed champions. Uh, and, and that could maybe make things a little intriguing. I don't think that really works. you got to resolve this before WrestleMania. People, I think, are going to want to see the big the big hug or the big reunion between KO and Sammy um, who shockingly have never won the tag team titles in WWE in all the years they've been there. You would think that's something they would have done by now. They, they did it in uh, ring of honor. So I think for the two of them, I mean, that'll be a big moment when they win those belts. Yeah. I will, I will say right now, it's not as if there's an entire tag team division full of, you know, great competitors for them. I don't envision there being some great tag team Renaissance after they win the belts. Uh, frankly, it almost doesn't even matter what happens after they win the belts. They can win them and then quickly lose them uh, a month later. But it's the story, it's getting there, it's finally ending, the stranglehold that the bloodline has on those tag team titles. You do that on night one, and you're telling a story right there with the bloodline has already lost some of their gold. Is Roman Reigns next on night two? Is he going to lose his gold to Cody Rhodes? Maybe Roman retains. Every week that goes by, I think there's a better chance. I'm I'm more convinced that Roman Reigns may well end up retaining his titles at WrestleMania. And they may keep Cody waiting to pay off his story. It's not what I would do, but I'm not so sure anymore that there's going to be a big title change at the end of WrestleMania this year. But I, I, I think it would be a waste of, of Kevin Owens to have him standing in the corner. I mean, he he deserves to be in the ring as part of the story, not just a, a bit player on the outside. So anyway, uh, that is uh, all I got for you. To sound off 797, uh, this Sunday, we've got a lot to cover. King and Queen of the Ring uh, coming in May. The end of Jeff Hardy's DUI case. Uh, Tony Khan's big announcement from Dynamite on Wednesday. 
Uh, we'll talk more about Kenny Omega, the big Tokyo Dome show this past Tuesday, the final match for uh, Keiji Muto. I did see it. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. And I, I wasn't going to talk about this. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm going to cover it every week, but the WWE documentaries are back on A&E. And I did watch the debut episodes for the Biography series and for the Rivals series. Uh, the Rivals series covered Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, and the documentary series covered the NWO. And I just was like, all right, you know, we've heard this NWO story so many times. They're going to talk to Hogan. They're going to talk to Bischoff. It's going to be the same shit we always hear. And for the most part, it is. But I did watch them, and I have some thoughts. And the reason I, I'm going to cover it and talk about it is because they covered the Sting Hogan match at Starcade in 97. And I was so fucking irritated by what I heard during that segment and just the absolute bullshit uh, that I just said, I have to cover this now. So that will be a review that you will not want to miss. We will talk about that on Sunday as well, just so you know. GCC says, uh, not debating at all, just looking at it from a different perspective. Thanks for at least engaging with me on the subject. Have a good night. That's all it is. It's a, it's a discussion of potential ideas. But yeah, I, I would much rather it be the, uh, the tag team match at WrestleMania and have the big title change there. And again, I think you can headline the first night with it. Even though I'm sure WWE has other ideas. So they can get their one men's match and their one uh, women's match in the uh, main event. Have yourselves a great weekend. I hope uh, you all are well. I hope you all stay safe. I hope you all will download and tune in to episode 797 on Sunday. Uh, it'll be dropping sometime in the afternoon. And then back here live again. We have a whole new week coming up. Live after Raw Monday night, Dynamite Wednesday, and SmackDown next Friday. So until then, take care, guys. Have a good weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.